listening to Inspire On The Go. It's your weekly dose of fun, encouragement, real-life conversations, and all things women's ministry, regularly featuring segments from Andrea's radio show, Truth On The Go. If you find yourself on the go, then this is the podcast for you. Now, welcome your host, Andrea Lennon, as we talk about all the great truths that we can take with us as we go through our day. Hey, sweet friends, I am so thankful for you today. I'm so thankful for the opportunity for us to just gather together and to just lift high the name of Jesus Christ, to come around the word of God and to say, okay, Lord, teach me how to live. Like practically speaking, like help me know the right things to say. Help me know the right things to do and how to bring glory to your name. We're in the middle of this series where we're looking at my girl, Ruth, you know, (laughs) I love Ruth and I love her story. And what we see in the life of Ruth is that she demonstrates character qualities that were so important in her faith journey. And that's so true for us too. Every day we have the opportunity to demonstrate character qualities that are important in our faith story. But here's the kicker. Like here's the bottom line. We don't always know what is important in our story because we're just in the middle of the moment. And that is why we have to know the word of God. That's why we have to know it. We have to live it. We have to share it. We have to trust God's plans and purposes. We have to ask the spirit of God to make application of these teachings that we find in the word of God to our daily lives, because in the midst of just walking faithfully with God through obedience, we demonstrate those character qualities that are in fact crucial in our faith story. And so everything works together to help us push forward in our walks and to pursue Jesus every single day. So Bethany, we're talking about Ruth. You know, I love Ruth. I know you do. And I love how you describe her of, of she is your girl. I mean, she she's, is. She's your homegirl of the Bible. She is. She is now. I don't know how much she knows about all of that, but there will be a moment. We'll talk about it one day. We'll talk about it, you know, and we can just have maybe a cup of coffee if that's appropriate Mm -hmm. in heaven. Uh, You know, I love a little bit of coffee with all the cream Mm -hmm. and, you know, all the Splenda and all the artificial sweetener. Maybe we won't need cream and sweetener in heaven. I don't think so. I think everything will be, it's a perfect place. It is a perfect place. So you don't need to add anything. I think think that's how it's going to be. I'm looking forward to this. You know, just the thought of, you know, calories not counting. Yes. Having calories don't exist. That's right. And we're just going to pow wow about all things you come on sister (laughs) you come on we're gonna pow wow about all things Ruth all things Naomi all things Moab all things Bethlehem because here's in, in seriousness here's what we see in this story it is a beautiful story that's really about God's redemption and grace it's really about Jesus and as we understand the Bible and how the Bible unfolds to point us towards Christ we see the picture of Jesus and his sacrificial death all over the the pages of this beautiful story you know we can read this story in about 15 minutes, right? Mm -hmm. 15 to 20 minutes. But we have to remember that this story took place over several years and it wasn't a fast resolution for Naomi or for Ruth or for Boaz. We're going to meet Boaz today uh, because they had to just live this out one day at a time. And I wonder if that's going to be an encouragement to you as we think about our lives while from an eternal perspective, they are but a breath. But the day in and day out aspect of our life, it sometimes feels long. It sometimes (laughs) feels overwhelming. And we think, when will this season and fill in the blank come to an end? When will I get to the provision? When will I get to the peace? When will I get to what I sense to be the hope and the power and the protection of God? And so 
if that's where you are today, keep on keeping on. Mm -hmm. You know, I love that little phrase because it gives us forward direction. You dig deep in your faith and you keep on keeping on. So in last week's program, we met some of the main characters and we discovered that there was all kinds of tragedy that took place in Ruth chapter one. Uh, We see that Naomi's husband, Elimelech, died later on. Her sons also died, Malon and Kilion. That set the stage for this intense moment where Malon and Kilion's wives, Ruth and Orpah, they were leaving Moab with Naomi to travel back to Bethlehem. And there was this moment where Naomi says, just go back to Moab, go back to that which is comfortable, that which makes sense. We see that Orpah went back to Moab, but Ruth, she continued on to Bethlehem with Naomi. And that set the stage for the rest of this incredible story where we see that Naomi and Ruth are coming into Bethlehem and something significant is taking place at the end of Ruth chapter one. And that's where I want us to pick up. So Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by Ruth, the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, arriving in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning. And that's an important point, Bethany. That's very important to know that Ruth and Naomi were coming back to Bethlehem during the barley harvest because the barley harvest represented the provision and the presence of God. Mm -hmm. And I just think, wow, for us to be able to have a picture of God's presence in the middle of this very difficult moment, it is an encouragement to us. And we've talked about on the program before how attitudes of gratitude and thankfulness helps us to see all the ways that God is present. He is active. He is providing. But sometimes our circumstances cloud our judgment Mm -hmm. and they really impede us from seeing the provision of God. But for us today as readers, we can look at the end of Ruth chapter one and we can know that God is up to something. And this is really a theme that we see throughout the book of Ruth. Whenever things are as desperate and really as bad as we think that they can be, God shows up and he sends a glimmer of hope. And I just hope that that's an encouragement for us today. Your situations, your circumstances may be desperate. They may be dark, but watch God is showing up and he is providing. Well, and you've said this before that we can't allow our circumstances to determine who God is and what his character is, because we know God doesn't change. He is solid no matter what is going on in our lives. That's right. That's right. And when we focus on who he is, then we're able to rightly filter our circumstances. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was just telling my boys about this the other day because this is a safeguard for us. It is truly a safety net for us. Whenever we allow our circumstances to determine if we're okay, we're giving our circumstances the power. Mm -hmm. We're giving not only our circumstances the power, but potentially other people, you know, who maybe they don't have our best interest at heart. But when we filter our circumstances through the character of God, then we have a solid foundation to build our life upon. And that's when we're able to see, you know, decisions like what Ruth made whenever you're being, you know, encouraged by the people around you or by your circumstances to give up hope or to turn around and to go back. No, you're able to dig deep and you're able to press forward. And so it's important to understand the setting of Ruth. It's important to understand that this story of redemption, it took place on the landscape of loss. And that's, again, I I say it all the time, this is so important for us to understand because we too can look at our lives and we can say the landscape of our life is desperate. The landscape of our life is hopeless. You know, in Ruth chapter one, Naomi is definitely in a hopeless place because she even said in Ruth chapter one, starting in verse 12, return home, my daughters, even if I thought there was still hope for me. So Mm -hmm. she's even just putting it out there. She's saying, you know what? My life is hopeless. She goes on to say, don't call me Naomi. 
Naomi. Don't call me lovely. Don't call me pleasant. Call me Mara. Call me bitterness because the Lord's hand has gone out against me. And so we have to feel the weight of Ruth chapter one in order to celebrate what's going to happen in Ruth chapters three and four. So I just hope that's an encouragement to us in this season. It may feel desperate. It may feel dark. It may feel hopeless. But hang on. There is always a glimmer of hope. And God is always on his throne. He's always providing. He's always protecting. And his peace is available to us in the midst of this moment. But I want us to move forward to Ruth chapter two. And I want us to see what did Ruth do in the midst of this desperate, dark time? Because we can learn from that. So what we see in Ruth chapter two is that Ruth goes to Naomi and she asks permission to go out and to glean in the fields. Now, if we don't understand the history and the culture and the different provisions of God when it came to foreigners or when it came to widows or when it came to the destitute, we'll miss this beautiful moment here. So let's talk about that just a little bit. God has always had and and does have a heart for the least likely. Mm -hmm. He's always providing for the one who cannot provide for themselves. We see that through salvation. We cannot provide salvation. So what did he do? He demonstrated his love in sending Jesus and every law, every provision, everything that was, you know, built in to the culture of the Jewish people, it spoke grace. It spoke provision. It spoke, you know, love. And so we see in the Old Testament that there was a provision for the foreigner, for the alien, for the stranger, for the widow, for the destitute, you know, for anybody who was in need of help, there was a provision that they could go and glean in the fields. And what they would do is that they would ask the landowner if they could go and they could pick up the leftover grain. And in order for there to be leftover grain, the landowner had to obey the law, which was you go through the field and you pick up the best for yourself, but you leave some in the corners of the field for the widows and for the destitute to come and to be able to pick up and to glean. And you see the heart of God in that. So Ruth knew enough about the Jewish culture to know that there would be some leftover grain. And that's important. That's important. It was leftover grain uh, there in the fields and that she could go and that she could ask for permission to glean and to gather. And, and again, we see Ruth demonstrating an important character quality. We started out the program by talking about how our character ultimately provides the path for us to live that full, free, abundant life that Christ has for us. She engaged in the moment. She had a need. She and Naomi had a need. The need was food. And so she was resourceful in this moment. She had initiative and she went to Naomi and she said, hey, can I go out? Can I glean? Can I gather in the fields? And in that moment, as she went to Naomi, she respected the authority of Naomi in her life. And that's another important character quality for us as followers of Christ. We have to respect the authority that God has put in place. First and foremost, we are subject to his authority. As wives, we have authority that comes with our husband. As workers, we have authority that comes with our bosses. As leaders within the church, we have authority that comes from the pastors. Now, we have to recognize that that doesn't mean that we have to stay in a sinful situation or an abusive situation. That's not what we're talking about, but we're talking about order. Remember, we've said so many times that God is a God of order. He does not create chaos in our life. And one way to both establish and stay in order is to recognize that authority, get under it, and then walk in that authority. And when we do that, it brings protection into our life, and it also brings unity with that authority figure. So what did Ruth do? She realized they had a problem. 
They needed food. She went to Naomi. She asked for the opportunity to go and glean and gather in the field. She received that permission. She went out into the field, and we are going to see that God is about to bless her in an incredible way. In just a moment, Andrea will return with a final thought. If you would like to hear more of her teachings, visit andrealennonministry.org. It is the ultimate website for the girl on the go with Bible studies, video sessions, podcasts, books, and down-to-earth blogs straight from Andrea's heart. Be sure and subscribe so that you can stay connected. Again, that's andrealennon.org. Now, let's hear a final truth from Andrea. We're back and you know what? We're talking about Ruth. We're talking about the provision of God. We're talking about the presence of God. We're talking about how God is so faithful to lead us every single step of the way. And we also are talking about how Ruth, in the midst of her dark and desperate moment, she engaged in life, Bethany, and she became a part of the solution. Recently, my parents came to visit and we were talking about different like adages or advice that they gave to us as children. I was actually writing a column for a magazine that I write for and I was really trying to remember some of the great advice that my parents Mm -hmm. gave me growing up because my dad is like the wisest man I know (laughs) and so I said dad you know these are some things that I remember what else you know did you encourage us to do and my dad said something that jogged my memory he said Andrea we always tried to tell you and to teach you find a way to be a part of the solution. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yes, that's what we see right here in Ruth chapter two. Naomi had a problem. They needed food. And Ruth and Naomi, you know, they didn't just sit in their house and hope that somebody figured that out for them. They engaged in life and they became a part of the solution. And I think, you know, sometimes our personalities play into this. I'm a type A driver, so I don't really struggle with engaging in life, (laughs) you know, coming up with a plan and working the plan and all of that kind of stuff. My struggle sometimes is not getting ahead of God in the midst of the plan. But there are other people who have different personality types where I think the tendency is to stay back and to just wait for things to work out. Mm -hmm. And they miss the opportunity to take part in what God is doing. And so we see a call here. Figure out what the problem is. Figure out how you can help be a part of the solution. But in the process of that, don't run ahead of God or your authority. Come under that authority and then walk in that provision. I think it's all about balance because it's easy, at least for for me, I don't know about you, but to kind of say, well, I'm just going to I'm just going to wait until God leads. I'm just going to not do anything. I'm just going to step back. And, you know, there's got to be writing on in the sky and a big, you know, huge sign. And I think sometimes that can become an excuse to not engage, like you said, in the process. It's not about going our own way and doing something outside of what God wants us to do, but it's about being active and walking with the Lord as he guides and leads us. Yeah, and it was going to not only uh, require action, but it was also going to require just trust that God was going to lead her to the right place. We're going to see Ruth out and about in Bethlehem by herself. Remember, she was an outsider. She didn't belong necessarily with the people of Bethlehem. She was a Moabite woman. And so this not only took action, it took fortitude. It Mm -hmm. took trust. It took a step of faith. And oftentimes, again, we will just say, I'm going to pray about that, you know, yeah. or, you know, <laughs> that's what, like the good Christian, that's phrase. The good Christian yeah. phrase, like I'm just going to pray about that. And we don't exercise our faith in that mm-hmm. moment. So we got to find out how we can be a part of the solution. We got to exercise our faith and we got to take those steps of faith. And so that's exactly what Ruth did that morning. She stepped outside of their home and she saw
sought a field. She sought a place. Now, at the beginning of Ruth chapter 2, it is so interesting how the author of Ruth introduces us to this man, and his name is Boaz. And again, Spoiler alert. I'm just going to cut to the chase. (laughs) Boaz is the central character in this story because he is a picture of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And what Boaz does towards Ruth and on Ruth's behalf is what Jesus is going to do and did for us on our behalf. Um, We're going to see that Boaz becomes the kinsman redeemer and that he redeems Ruth and that he redeems Naomi and that he provides lineage for Malon, Kilion, and Elimelech. And we're going to see how Jesus just is all of that for us. He's our kinsman redeemer. So we see this beautiful sovereignty of God in Ruth chapter two, because Ruth stepped out of her house. She starts walking down the path, walking down the road, walking down the fields. And what scripture says is that as it turned out, she found herself working in the field of Boaz, you know, and I love how God almost just does like this tongue in cheek, like, oh, just as it turned (laughs) out, like it's a coincidence, like, you know, what a, a lucky moment this is. But again, Again, the author is pointing out the fact that there's nothing that happens by luck or chance, that God is sovereignly, providentially, purposefully leading Ruth's steps. And that is working in conjunction with Ruth taking those steps. So Ruth goes to the field of Boaz. Boaz isn't there at the moment. She goes to the landowner and she asks for that permission. Again, recognizing authority, recognizing the importance of doing things the right way. Oh, if I could put an exclamation mark on that. That's so important that we do the right things, but that we do them in the right way, that we follow God's precepts, that we follow his plans. I think about Psalms 24, who may ascend the hill of the Lord? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Like this is not rocket science in some ways. God is just simplifying it for us. Just do the right things. Mm. Okay. That was my soapbox. Okay. (laughs) So anyway, she goes to the landowner and she asks permission to glean. And the landowner says, absolutely. Now we see that God in his sovereignty has Boaz come onto the scene and Boaz notices Ruth and, and he's almost like surveying the landscape of his workers and his land and his eyes just catch this beautiful young woman and he goes to his foreman and he says whose young woman is that like mm-hmm. she stands out like I love to make this a little bit of a hallmark movie just right That's here all I can think about I'm so glad you brought it up first okay <laughs> yeah so like we're watching this hallmark movie kind of play out and he asked this question that we could be offended by if we don't understand the original context when he says whose young woman is that what he's really asking is what is her story who is she associated with and he's wanting to know is someone providing for her is someone taking care of her and I'll read to you what the foreman said the foreman replied she is the Moabitess who came back from Moab with Naomi she said please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters she went into the field and has worked steadily from morning till now except for a short rest in the shelter again I so love this girl I so love this girl because like she is a hard worker she's focused she is focused and she is like out there and this is backbreaking work and she's only taken a short little break. And so I think about the application of that for us, because a lot of times we can make a commitment to do something. And in the moment of making that commitment or initially at the beginning of that commitment, we're all in. But we can tend to let our intensity dwindle as our provision grows. 
those. So there was a moment where she probably felt like she had enough, you know, grain. She had enough barley to take care of her and her mother-in-law, but she didn't let that stop her. She worked hard. And I just think what a great reminder for us to be able to be in the field of our lives. And I did a quote on that because I know you can't see me, but a field (laughs) of our lives and to be working with diligence in that moment. And it's a great reminder to us that God's provision is always right around the corner. Mm-hmm. You know, and we see the limited circumstances. He sees the big picture and he's always positioning us for redemption. So that's so, so beautiful. Now, the next thing that happens in Ruth chapter two, when I read this, I just get a little bit of a tight feeling in my chest because we see that Boaz approaches Ruth. Now, let's put ourselves in Ruth's position. You're in the field. You're by yourself. You're clearly different than everybody else. And you see the landowner walking towards you. Bethany, what are you thinking in that moment if you're in Ruth's position? I would be thinking, "Uh uh-oh, what what did I do wrong? Yeah, lots of things would run through my mind. Absolutely. Like, you know, what did did I get outside of where I was supposed to be? Mm -hmm. Did I take too much? Did I not? Yeah, I would absolutely think that I was in trouble. You know, and in On the Road with Ruth, in this particular section, I unpack three lies that I've struggled with all of my life. And I talk about how those lies could have impacted Ruth had she not been refuged into the one true God. And those lies include like feeling like you're a burden to the people around you, like you are, you know, taking up somebody else's place, uh, feeling like you have to pay someone back for a kindness that they extend to you and feeling like you're on the outside. And so I encourage you to pick up a copy of On the Road with Ruth if you struggle with any of those lies. But what I love in this moment is that as Ruth saw Boaz walking towards her, she didn't run. She stayed in the moment, and because she remained in the moment, an incredible blessing was heading her way. Because what happens is that Boaz speaks peace into her life, and he just says, you stay right here in my field, and I have told the men not to lay a hand on you. Mm -hmm. He's offering protection to her. And then he goes on to say, when you are thirsty, Ruth, as the Moabite woman, and you want a drink, you go to the jars that the Israelite men have filled, and you just get a drink of water, which if you're the original reader, if we were the original reader, our jaws would be on the floor at this moment because this is so counterculture. Mm-hmm. What would have been appropriate is that the Moabite woman would have filled the jars for the Israelite men. But God's turning the story around and he's showing his grace in this moment, how he is going to lavish love on Ruth, just like he's going to lavish love on us. So all of it is a picture of Jesus Christ. And Ruth is just overwhelmed. And so Ruth, just bows you know with with her face to the ground and she asks this question why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me a foreigner? It's almost like Ruth is pointing out the obvious. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what, Boaz, you're being very gracious to me and I don't deserve this. I don't deserve this recognition. I don't deserve this special provision. And Boaz replied to Ruth's question with a very steady, stable response when he just simply said, I've been told all about you. Mm -hmm. I've been told all about what you have done, how you have left your father and mother, how you've left the, the land of Moab, how you've come to Bethlehem and how you are here now and you're making provision for your mother-in-law. And so I just think that's really beautiful that Boaz recaps her story because sometimes we need people to remind us that we are making progress in our life, that we are in the right place. And it's almost like God in his goodness and grace just gives this little pep talk to Ruth. And
and says, okay, while no one else may see what you're doing, I see you. I know you. I'm noticing and I am providing. And so then Boaz goes on and he just speaks this blessing over Ruth's life that I think really gives us the biggest insight into the story of Ruth. And here is what Boaz says. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. And Bethany, that is a beautiful verse. That's beautiful. And what I love about that verse is it gives us insight into the relationship that Ruth had with God, Mm -hmm. because it says that she refuged into him. And I think I alluded to it earlier, what this word refuge means. It means to hope in, to confide in, and to trust in. And so Ruth came to this point where she was looking to the one true God for her hope and for her confidence. And she was placing her trust in him. And as a result of that, she was able to take those important steps of faith. She was able to know where to go and what to do. And she was able to be determined in her steps with God, in her journey with God, so that she experienced the lavish grace of Boaz. And as we think about our application for today, let me just encourage you to take stock in your walk with God. Do you refuge into him? Do you confide in him? Are you going to him on a daily basis and pouring out your heart to the point where you are coming to a place of surrender, trust, and obedience? And when we do that, then we're able to experience that full, free, abundant life that he has for us, that life that is more than what we can ask for, more than what we can imagine, and more than what we can create for ourselves. We see Ruth in the middle of this moment where she's beginning to experience lavish grace, She could not have done that on her own. She couldn't have cultivated that in her own life. But because she cultivated her relationship with the one true God, she was experiencing it. So today, that's our takeaway. That's the bottom line for us. In the midst of our dark and desperate situations that can leave us feeling overwhelmed, let's refuge into God and let's cultivate a relationship with him, not based upon our circumstances, but based upon his character. This episode of Inspire On The Go is over, but we hope you'll be back next Monday for the latest episode. In the meantime, you can visit absc.org forward slash inspire podcast to find more episodes and ways to connect with Andrea. Also, if you're in central Arkansas, you can find Andrea's radio show Truth On The Go at 93.3 The Fish and 99.5 Faith Talk Radio on Sunday mornings.